Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 12 this morning for a message titled, Paying the Price. The resurgence of the gifts of the Spirit within the church, of course, Jesus, I mean, not Jesus, Paul quoting Joel, Peter quoting Joel, pardon me, I'll get this right, Peter quoting Joel said that in the last days that your, son, your, your sons and daughters will prophesy, that your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, and then he talks about up until the great and coming awesome day of the Lord, that these things are going to happen within the church, and one thing that we were talking about, I was talking to the seminary professor about, was the fact that in the last 20 years, the gifts of the Spirit have become more of a conversation on a larger Christian base. And guys like John Piper believe in the gifts of the Spirit and Wayne Grudem and, and Sam Storm. Some of these guys, guys that you know, were raised up in you know, Dallas Theological Seminary and, and now they're saying, no, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We've seen God move in miraculous ways. And, and so the conversation is starting to get to where people are like, you know, I'm open to that. Like never before, we've never, 20 years ago, you know, you're going to hell if you ever spoke in tongues, you know, that's of the devil, you know, type of a, a, an attitude. But that's changing rapidly within the church. And, and, and along with that, about the same time that the, Holy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit started to re-emerge within the church, we also saw at the same time, ironically, I thought this was fascinating, the modern evangelical movement where somebody would go, and not just to establish a parish because we colonized the area, but that someone would go into the interior of China or to some place that had never been reached and reach a tribe that had never been reached with no, with no church parish formally established first. But people would just go and blaze trails like Jesus said to do, you know, go into all the earth. And we've been seeing that since maybe the late 1700s, early 1800s, so late 18th century. And so we all see, see all these things happening and, and access to all these things, just amazing. But that means that we're accountable to those things as we see Bible prophecy being fulfilled before our eyes. For those who don't pay attention, there will be a price to pay. When you share the gospel or teach the Bible or you invite someone to church or you, you talk to somebody about Jesus, the, the fire of that is burning in them either a fire that they will take into themselves and be transformed by it, or a fire that will ultimately consume them. So verse 57, it says, Yes, and why even of you yourselves do you not judge what is right? When you go to, with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer and the officers throw you into prison. So Jesus isn't trying to give us some advice. It seems like a strange place to give us you know, legal advice. <laughs> and I'm sure that it's good legal advice. You know, you should probably try to settle out of court whenever you can. You know, I remember one time I was, I was guilty of, I think I was speeding. I can't remember exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure I was speeding. I got a ticket. And I went into the courthouse there in Pocatello, and I was just a kid, probably, 
you know, 16, 17 years old. And the, the prosecuting attorney actually happened to be a lady that went to my Baptist church. And she's like, oh, Michael, how are you? And I was like, not so good, you know, got busted. And she's like, well, you know, let's look at what we can do here. You know, I can give you improper equipment if you're just willing to settle. I'll give you improper equipment and it'll be 52 bucks, but it won't go on your record. I'm like, sold. You know, <laughs> I took the plea deal, right? Improper equipment, I guess my speedometer wasn't working right. Yeah, that's it, you know. But it's always better to settle out of court. But I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. He's not trying to give us advice about settling disputes with our adversaries. Jesus is trying to tell this crowd and you and me and everyone else that if you're not on the right side of God, then you need to work that out. Like what could be more important if you, if you have a, a fault and, and you're on the wrong side of God and you are an enemy of God and, and you are on your way to judgment, then you probably should work that out. You probably should have a conversation about that. And you realize that God wants to have a conversation about that? He wants you to work those things out? I was talking to a guy a while back, and he was just telling me this, you know, he's telling me a story. He tried to come to church here, and I told him, you know, no, you, you know, you probably, you know, you probably should go talk to your pastor. He was trying to come here, and I knew he went to the Baptist church, and I was like, you probably should go talk to your pastor. And he's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't need, I don't need to talk to him. And so I went and talked to his pastor. I said, hey, you know, this guy's trying to come to church. And he, his pastor's like, oh, thanks for letting me know. And so he called him, and then next time I saw him, he's a big guy like intimidating. He's like, you told my pastor on me. I was like, sorry. I just, I'm, we're friends and I don't want there to be stress, you know. And, but then nine years later, I saw him in the, in the ice cream shop just the other day. And he says, hey, I want to talk to you. And I'm still thinking, okay, he wants to beat me up. He's like, oh, I need to talk to you. I was like, okay, yeah. And he's like, what's up? And he said, you know, thank you for sending me back to my church. And I said, why? 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 You know, he says, because I wasn't saved. He says, I was trying to run from God. I didn't want to tell my pastor I didn't, I didn't know the Lord. I, I was trying to find a loophole or maybe go somewhere else and then I could figure it out, but I didn't want to be embarrassed and have to face him. But I sat down with my pastor and his wife looks at me and she says, you're not saved, are you? And he's like, no. You know? And he says, I got saved. And so I wanted to thank you. You know, sometimes we're sitting here and we're just thinking, oh, I'm just going to cruise through. I'm going to church. I'm just going to keep it going like that and, and never come to the place where I'm going to, to negotiate with God. Say, okay, God, here I am. And this should hyperlink us back to Isaiah chapter 1, in verse 18, where God says to the people through Isaiah, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Does that sound like a God who's not willing to negotiate? A God who's not willing to work things through with you and talk it out with you and help you to come to an understanding of what you need to do and where you need to be in relationship to him? This doesn't sound like an angry God who's just ready to put fire on your head and destroy you. He's like, no, come and let's talk about it. Let me explain to you what, what I want for you. This is what I want. Your sins are like scarlet, but I want to make you as white as wool. That's what his desire is for you. He said that to Isaiah, but listen to what he said through Ezekiel. Ezekiel 33 and 11. He says to Ezekiel, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? 
God has no, no desire to send anyone to hell to allow people to go to that place of separation from him for all eternity. And so he's, he's saying, Jesus is saying to us, it's like those days you, you need to realize that there's justice that's coming. And you have to be ready for that. And you have to make sure your, your sin is dealt with. Now in those days of Isaiah and Ezekiel, they were to live by justice and, and righteousness as, as they patiently waited for the Messiah to come. It was promised all the way back in the Garden of Eden, you remember that God said to the serpent, he says, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between her seed and your seed, and that seed is going to crush your head. It's going to crush your authority. And all Adam, Adam and Eve were given was this promise that the seed would come to undo what the serpent had done, and so they believed by faith in that. We see in, in Genesis chapter 15, when God told Abraham, this is what I'm going to do for you. Through your seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed, and I'm going to make you like the stars as a multitude. And I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless your seed. And it says that Abraham believed in God's promise of the Messiah, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And that's where we get our righteousness. Our righteousness always comes for, because we have put our faith in God's Messiah. Now we look back on what Jesus has done, and he is the Messiah, and so we're saved by believing in him. But so, too, they looked forward to what, what God was going to do when he brought the Messiah who would crush the head of the serpent and take authority over the world, and that he would deal with the sins of mankind. And they looked forward by faith to him, and they were saved. And so it's always been the same. We're made righteous not because we're doing good or we're trying our hardest. We're made righteous because we placed our faith in Jesus Christ alone. And maybe you're, you're arguing with that. Well, you know, I know that there's a lot of good people, you know. There's a lot of good people in the LDS church. There's a lot of good people that are Jehovah's Witnesses. There are a lot of good people who are Muslims. There's a lot of good people who... And, and, and I agree with you. There's good people. Sometimes nicer and sometimes more honest than some Christians I know. In all those places, and, and, and those are good people from a human standpoint, they are good people. And, and I would include the Jews in that. The Jews were really good people. They were, but this is what Paul would say about the Jews. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, Paul would say, Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. What, what does that mean, that they might be saved? What does that mean about them? That they're not saved. They are not saved. He's saying, my heart's desire, prayer to God for Israel, that they might be saved, because they're not. But this is what he says, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. In other words, they're very zealous about God. They're very religious people. They're, they help the poor, and they, they, they do good things. They live good lives, and they even believe in God. But they're not saved. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.